This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUN-FM 104.5. Today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, we'll find out about the public meeting coming up next week in Walker on the proposed change to Leech Lake Walleye Limits. And we'll head into the woods with Matt Brewer, who's been hunting for just about everything these days. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, the North Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch, and by Bonded Lock and Key. Let's get started. Checking in with Doug Schultz. He is the Walker Area Fisheries Manager, and they've got a big meeting coming up Monday night, 6 to 8 at the Walker Area Community Center. Public meeting for a potential change in the walleye slot limit, I think, more than anything. Right, Doug? Yeah, we're uh, we're proposing to uh, stay with the four-bag limit and just go to a one-over 20-inch uh, length restriction. Uh, that would potentially be effective uh, at the start of the fishing season next year, 2019 fishing opener. And, you know, we hope that's going to uh, take advantage of some of that surplus of bigger fish that we have in the system right now uh, for those that want to have them uh, and harvest them. And, uh, you know, really benefit the perch population as well a little bit by, by putting a bit of a dent in that walleye biomass over the next few years. So you would be in line with the state as far as the slot portion, one over 20, but you still would have the four walleye limit. Correct. And, and the reason we're going to stay with the four is, you know, we've, we've had the four bag now on, on leech since 2005. Everybody's pretty used to it. Uh, one, they're second, they're pretty happy with it overall. And uh, thirdly, if we have to get more restrictive again in the future, which is probable at some point, we're going to stay with a four bag uh, most likely at that point as well. So it just didn't make sense to change the bag limit. Okay. Do you expect uh, much uh, controversy with this? I, I don't think there would be. Uh, not expecting it. Uh, not expecting much. You know, obviously, you get a pretty wide range of opinions uh, with these input meetings. But uh, you know, the few comments we've had overall, there haven't been a lot yet, have been uh, pretty positive for supporting the change at this time. Um, some, obviously, would like to just see it uh, stay the way it is they feel they're catching enough enough fish to to meet their uh, needs or expectations um but overall the at least what we've heard so far it's it's been a leaning towards support for it okay i know that um one of the things i've i've heard a lot is concern about the perch and, and you just noted earlier that that you're hoping this will help that situation yeah, we, we just wrapped up our gillnade on, on Friday of last week, and our walleye population was still hanging right around 10 fish per gillnet, which is still above the long-term average. And that average you know, has been creeping up over the last 10 years because we continue to stay above average. Um, the other is our, our perch catch rate last year, or, or last week as we wrapped that up, looked to be a new record low for the second time in three years. And that, that is concerning. And, uh, you know, we think a lot of that is right now driven by uh, what's been a, a steady increasing trend in just total walleye biomass in the system. You know, again, we've had very consistent recruitment production year classes over the last 10 or 12 years. And um, that's probably the biggest reason, you know, in combination with the slot limit, but that consistent recruitment is really the biggest reason we're, we're at the point we're at today. Uh, you know, we plan on having a bad year class one every five years in these big lakes that's pretty normal and we just haven't had that for a while what um i, I mean uh, when it comes to perch um how much harvest of perch is there on leech lake uh, i was down the last uh winter that we did a krill we peaked in 2011 and it was it was pretty remarkably high 
Um, and then it, it, it came back down uh, the last couple of winter creels, so it, it, it's, it's dampened a bit. And some of that's just with, you know, perch abundance being lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's fewer limits coming off. It's, it's more nickel and diamond on them. Um, but, uh, you know, harvest right now, we're not seeing any indication that that's the big driver of this. Uh, if it was, we'd see very few perch, eight, eight inches and bigger in our gill nets. Uh, it'd be a pretty sharp cutoff when yeah. we get harvestable sizes, uh, and that's why we're we're still thinking it's it's you know walleye predation's probably got a lot to do with it. Okay, uh, I know that at a, lot, a number of lakes there's starting to be some concern. I don't know. I, I'd call it real serious concern, but I'm hearing more and more about it. Some concern with the uh, amount of pressure that uh, winter fishing is having. And it's uh, some in some lakes, I think Lake of the Woods is one example, it's actually stronger than the summer. Um, are you seeing that on leach? Yeah, our winter pressure hasn't plateaued yet. Um, we're, we're now meeting our current summer pressure. Summer pressure is about 700,000 hours. Uh, used to be as high as you know 1.2 million hours in the summer. Um, it's settled, the summer's settled in at about 700 the last several years now. And the winter is still building, and in you know last couple winter cruises we've do, we've done, we've been in that 600, 700 hour range. A lot of it's dependent on ice conditions when we get sure. you know first safe ice drive on, and then how long the ice lasts in the spring. You know those two have a big big influence on on uh, the shoulders, and especially in the spring with the perch fish and stuff that can get hit pretty hard. But um, yeah, we just haven't leveled off yet. It's going to be really interesting to see what how that continues to play out. What What are your thoughts? Is it is it concerning to you or not? Um, it's not concerning uh, from the perspective is, is of um, our summer and winter combined is still about the same as what we always used to have. Okay. It's just partitioned up differently between the seasons. Um, you know, the big question is going to be down the road if that continues to build. Um, you know, is, is some of that going to, some of the summer effort just going to give way to winter or or not? Um, you know, we're, I, I think, just trying to figure out what this really means in, over the long term. What would you say, what kind of year did we have this past spring, summer, and into fall on leech? For fishing? Yeah. Um, for walleyes, the, the spring bite was pretty good. By about mid-June when the mayflies hatched, shut off, and the day bite was really tough most of the summer uh just in the last two weeks now uh, our water temps dropped back down and you know that day bite uh in the summer you know we had hot water and that was you know leech and a lot of other places it wasn't a real good summer bite uh in a lot of places you looked but our water temps came back down here in the last few weeks and actually last since about labor day the bite has really picked up and I've, on the other hand i've heard uh, it's been one of the best years on a lot of lakes uh, for for bass yeah, bass has always been been exceptional here, and the muskie bite this summer was uh, outstanding. Uh, I mean, the, the guys that were were out there flogging the water on a regular basis were pretty happy with with uh, their success rates and the number of fish they were contacting. Yeah, I heard uh, you know that they had another you know at the uh, the big muskies ink tournament was another big year for uh, Leech Lake, and I heard a lot of good reports of muskie this year. Are we uh, we getting good sizes out there too? Yeah. Yeah, size quality has been real good. I've seen pictures of a couple of mid fifties fish. Mm-hmm. I was actually uh, we were out electrofishing last night on the east side of Portage Bay, and I think we tipped three or four fish uh, with the shock boat looking for young year walleyes. And 
those were all mid forties and up as well. One just about jumped in the boat on us, so that was a little excitement. But um, yeah, the size quality's been real, real good. Okay, so overall, uh, as far as uh, outside of perch, it sounds like we're not real concerned about the numbers of fish in Leech Lake. Correct. Yeah, perch are just that's that's the one that's starting to get everybody's attention because uh, you know one, it's really important, and and uh, just ecologically, it's it, it is the primary prey bait right. system. Uh, they're also recreationally important, and you know we see a lot of uh, effort and for resorts and in a tourism-based economy that those shoulder seasons uh, associated with the perch bite can be pretty important. Uh, and, and then thirdly, um, you know, who doesn't like to go out and chase some, some big jumbo perch, and the size quality we have in the system is pretty good. So, uh, you know, that's the one that right now is, is the only red flag that we have out there. Everything else is really rock solid. Well, I, you know, when it comes to the Walker Area Fisheries Office, I know it's, you know, you spend a lot of time talking about Leech Lake. Uh, why wouldn't you? And you, you have to, but I know there are a lot of other lakes in your area. Um, overall, well, what was it like this year? Uh, the, the summer bite for, for walleyes was tough, uh, pretty consistently everywhere. Uh, you know, woman, we were expecting a really big year out there with the fishing uh, because of a big walleye year class uh, working its way through and and that one was pretty tough this summer as well. Um, you know, Ten Mile is, is the, the Bass Lakes in particular are always exceptional around here. You know, Ten Mile, Stony, uh, Woman Chain, for example. Um, those are always consistent producers. Uh, you know, it's just this summer with the walleye bite, it was a lot of people were getting pretty frustrated come, you know, right around July 1st or so. Well, I heard, I mean, that there was it was a very good year for a lot of, uh, natural forage out there. Yeah, we didn't see that reflected in uh, trawling on leech, but that may have been the case. And, and we do know that when you when we have high forage production, you know, young year perch, shiners, that sort of stuff, um, that that can have a pretty big influence in the bite. And that that is one of the you know one of the possibilities. Uh, you know, I know there's some AIS concerns on Leech Lake, but uh, as far as you know, has has it been impacting uh, any anything as far as um, like water clarity, things like that? Nothing measurable yet. And in fact, this summer we and another reason the walleye bite was a bit confounding. Uh, this summer we had a really good uh, bloom. This summer, uh, probably one of the the cloudier water condition years we've had in a while. Um, so we're not seeing, uh, you know, we haven't seen zebra mussel expansion yet. Uh, the, the reports we've gotten and observations have been very random uh, when they occur. Um, so that that change has not really started snowballing yet. Um, crayfish numbers are still on the high side, which isn't a surprise with low perch abundance. Uh, we are seeing milfoil, uh, Eurasian water milfoil, establish uh, out in the basin itself. So. Uh, there are beds of lows to contend with, um, but other than that, you know, nothing really measurable and impactful uh, at this point, anyway, from a from a fisheries management perspective. All right. Once again, coming up Monday night, six to eight at the Walker Area Community Center public meeting uh, for the proposed change in the walleye limit. Basically, it'll stay a four walleye limit, but it'll be one over twenty. Uh, rather than a 20 to 26 slot. Uh, you can talk about it there. And, and, Doug, I know that if people can't make the meeting, there are other ways they can make their opinion heard, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one is just stop by our office and uh, you know drop off your comments that way. 
Uh, easiest for a lot of folks is just drop us an email, walker.fisheries at state.mn.us, or you can pick up the phone and give us a call at 218-547-1683. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we're going to accept comments through Friday, October 5th. At the end of the day, on, on the 5th, uh, the comment period will be closed, and we'll uh, pull together what we have and send a recommendation up to down to St. Paul. All right. Doug Schultz is the Walker Area Fisheries Manager joining us today on Public and Country Outdoors. Uh, Doug, as always, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kev. Next up, we get off the water and into the woods with Matt Brewer. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by DS Beverages, the North Country's distributor, Anheuser-Busch, and by Bonded Lock and Key. Don't forget to check us out on the web. Go to kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors to re-listen to any shows you might have missed. And, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast as well. Go to podcastone.com or iTunes and subscribe to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Checking in with Matt Brewer from North Country Guide Service. Uh, Matt, you, you probably haven't been on the water for quite some time now, have you? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I have uh, one trip coming up here in, in like a week, and I'm going to have to really rely on, on my guides to, to see where, where the fish have been at because I've been, I've been way too busy in the woods and dealing with uh, some losses in the family and stuff, so I have not, uh, have not been on the water much. Okay. Yeah, you, you mentioned in the woods, of course, and and uh, my thoughts with you for uh, and, and your family right now. By the way, um, appreciate it. Bear hunting. We talked about it a few weeks ago as you were you were starting to get the uh, get the them uh, leaning your way with uh, your your wonderful mixture uh, in your baiting station. Uh, how's the season been? Season was good. Um, we had three bears down opening opening weekend. Um, and then we had one hunter that he actually still hasn't, uh, he still hasn't come for his third day. He really kind of jumped around. He hunted opening day and then the following week, and then he hasn't come back. Um, so don't know what's going to happen with him. I don't know if he's going to come back and hunt or not, but, uh, but we did really well opening weekend. I mean, we, we went 75% and, um, we, we'd like to say it's a hundred percent opportunity based on, that, the bear that's at that other station, um, he, he's still coming in every every day, pretty much. So, um, so a good year considering how much food was out there and and how tough it was for most of the hunters we talked to. So, we were pretty happy. You know, a lot of people um, their their idea of hunting is duck and or geese and probably deer. Uh, talk about some of these other things, particularly bear. What does a person need? How does the process work? Uh, you know, start run, run us through the whole thing from baiting to getting the gear you need to finding the finding the bear once the season starts. Sure. Um, I mean, you, you're going to need a ton of bait, and uh, you, you got to get drawn first. So it takes in our area four to five years. Um, you head south, you know, into Hubbard County, and you might be able to get drawn in two or three years down in Zone 46, which is a pretty large zone that that goes basically from south of Bemidji all the way down, you know, by Fergus Falls. Um, it's a pretty pretty big zone. Um, not as many bears down there, but but you can draw in a little easier. But for our area uh, up here north of town, it's you know four to five years wait, and you just kind of plan ahead. And and when your name gets drawn, then collect a bunch of bait or or find a reputable guide and and go after it that way. Um, 
you know, it's just a matter of getting the Bears basically, uh, I hate to say trained, but you get them, get them on a routine, and then uh, you're going to increase your odds, figuring out where they're, what they're feeding on, where they're, where they want to be. Um, you know, you need good, good cover, some, some low lands for them to wallow in during the heat because opening weekend, you know, it was 80 degrees. So, um, and then acorns, obviously acorns fall right around the time bear opens and you always got to be somewhere at least remotely close to acorns. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of an art form or, or it's a luck form one or the <laughs> other, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun. We we enjoy it every year. So, and, and I'm you know I'm pleading ignorance. I've never gone bear hunting before, so I don't know any of this stuff. What kind of uh, weaponry do you use? Um, we had one bow hunter this year. We had okay. uh, one muzzleloader hunter. We had uh, someone shooting a thirty out six. So you can kind of pick your poison. I've I've shot him personally with just about everything, um, and from now on, I'll probably use a muzzle loader uh, for every bear for the rest of my life. It, it just works the best for me. So, um, 285 grain bullet knocks the bear over pretty quick. So, um, so that's kind of my my pick. But I've I've had people come up with a hunt uh, to hunt them with a pistol. I've had people using like uh, a 50 cal. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it really varies. So. And muzzleloader is something that uh, people do uh, deer hunting as well after the regular season. Later in the year, it's a muzzleloading season. What is a muzzleloader? So you think of like an old musket, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, powder ball on a patch. Some people still use the old Hawkins style, um, but most of the people use the new inlines where you're looking at powder pellets and and uh, like a jacketed sabot. Um so you know, just a big chunk of lead with a plastic plastic sabot around it, um, and they they've become so much more accurate. I mean, my muzzleloader that I'm shooting currently, I can I can hit hit a paper plate out at 200 yards. So it's it's gotten pretty ridiculous. And my first ever muzzleloader, my dad bought me a kit where you had to uh, kind of build your own. You, you got the pieces and you had to build your own, and it was a kit hawking. And uh, I could hit a paper plate at 50 yards, one out of every four or five shots. So <laughs> they've they've come a long ways, and they're very accurate now. And and uh, you can even scope them and and get them really dialed in. So they're they're a lot of fun. Um, and muzzleloader season isn't nearly as busy as rifle season. So uh, for people who don't want to deal with the gigantic orange army during that first week in November, uh, you can always get your muzzleloader tag for deer. Uh, later in the season, and you're not going to run into nearly as many people. Now, you better hit it the first time, though, because it, it takes a while to reload, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, with the newer ones, it doesn't take nearly as long. You you have speed loaders, so you, you've got your pellets and your and your bullet kind of in a little in a little tube, and you just open that tube up and slide it in the barrel, and then, um, and then pack it down. It only takes, I, I would say, I can reload and like 30, 40 seconds. It doesn't take all that long. No, oh, okay. All right. So um, so we're bear hunting. You're maybe going to get one more in. Um, and and been out grouse hunting, too, you mentioned before we went on the air. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's my passion. That's my, um, grouse have my heart, so uh, upland game. Uh, so we've got woodcock opening this weekend. Uh, we'll be grouse and woodcock hunting hard this weekend. My boy, he's dying to get, uh, dying to get a woodcock, and, 
and he wants to get a grouse, and I've already been out with the dog quite a few times. Uh, it's nice to go for a nice long walk and clear your head, and and I've had the opportunity to, to get out a few times. And I think I've seen, uh, I've got about seven hours logged in grouse hunting, and I think I've seen 12 birds and, uh, and been able to harvest five, so it's been a pretty good year. I mean, uh, when I can shoot, right around 50%. That's pretty darn good. So I'm, I'm happy with that so far. Where, where do you find grouse? Just in the woods or any particular area? Yeah, I mean, uh, 15 to 20-year-old aspen regrowth is really good. Um, you know, so some of the clear cuttings, which there's no shortage of around the Bemidji area, there's, there's plenty of grouse hanging around those, and they like to hang around old logging roads because they're a gallinaceous bird, so they're... Uh, They've got a gizzard, and they need to uh, they need to peck gravel. So you can find some of them pecking gravel on on trail edges or or logging roads. Um, and then when you get logging roads or clear cuts on the edges, there's always uh, some fresh regrowth and lots of food, lots of clover and and berries and things like that. So if you can think of areas like that, you're you're probably going to find some birds. Okay. And again, for those who don't know, grouse season runs when. Obviously uh, now. Opened, yeah, opened last weekend and uh, and runs all the way through the end of December. So oh, it's wow. a long, really long, good season. Okay. Um, you you, did, you also noted you didn't get to get any uh, early goose season in, but I'm sure you'll get some goose hunting in before it's all said and done. Yeah, we're gearing up. Going to do one duck hunt this weekend. Uh, we'll get the boat out, and uh, so long as <laughs> so long as everything kind of stays on par, we've we've been juggling life a lot so mm-hmm. um as long as we have a normal weekend we're hoping to to get one duck hunt in and then the following weekend um i'm actually the MC for the goose calling contest up at um goose festival in middle river minnesota so i'll be i'll be up there hanging out with a couple thousand people and and uh shooting some some geese and some cranes and and hopefully able to harvest a few ducks too but uh uh, but that'll be kind of my official start of duck season this weekend. I'm not really expecting uh, a whole lot of action or, um, you know, I'm not going to hit it that hard. We're just going to do one morning hunt and hopefully bag some birds, but they're not going to have much color and they're mostly going to be local birds. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes, but, but the weekend after and then, and then beyond is going to be, uh, hitting, hitting geese and, and ducks a little harder. And duck season usually gets a little stronger a little later in the year. Yeah, I, I actually prefer to duck hunt during deer season because <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't really get my uh, can't really get my dog in the woods because uh, you know I don't want to mess up deer hunters and I don't want a deer hunter shooting my dog so um, so I I kind of stray away from that and and you can find me and my dog and on on the boat on the water looking for ducks somewhere and. Usually the migration is is pretty strong, uh, you know, as it gets colder. So, so deer season is usually I try to get my deer out of the way opening weekend right away, and then I duck hunt the rest of the the rest of the deer season. So, okay, and and the the goose uh, fest in Middle River that thing has become just monstrous. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, it, it's gotten to the point where it rivals um, the goose festival in North Dakota. Where, and it go, kind of goes back and forth on who has the largest goose festival in, in North America. And, um, 
and Goose Fest in little tiny Middle River, Minnesota, is <laughs> is right up there, and it it actually uh, last year won Event of the Year, Minnesota Event of the Year through uh, Minnesota tour, Tourism. So uh, pretty cool um, to be part of that, and I've been going to it since I was like five years old. So it's it's really neat and and fun. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's uh, your neck, neck of the woods. Thief River Falls a little bit further north there. But um, obviously there must be geese there or that thing would have uh, died on the vine a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Lots of egg um, and, and plenty of water. You've got Thief Lake uh, National Wildlife Refuge uh, or Thief Lake Wildlife Management Area and then Agassiz National Wildlife Refuge, both right there, uh, very close to Middle River and and a lot of birds stage in those two areas and then with all the egg around that area in northwest minnesota the the duck and goose hunting and crane hunting is absolutely phenomenal so pretty pretty fun area to be if you're a waterfowler um i i actually really miss the duck and goose hunting up there because the duck and goose hunting around bemidji is not nearly as good um so i actually when i first moved to bemidji i i hunted the first year and I actually gave up duck hunting around here because coming from up there and then starting to duck hunt here, it was it was kind of miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we've we've learned to adapt, and and uh, now we do a lot more diver hunting than puddle duck hunting because it's it's a lot more fun around here. So, what um, what else will you be hunting for before it's all said and done? Um. We've still got some coyote hunting to do. Um, trapping season isn't too far away. Um, probably do some trapping for some fox and coyotes and um, and try to get a couple bobcats this year. Um, I don't know. Oh, we, we hunt whatever we can. If we find a good dove field, we'll shoot doves. If we find some pigeons in a farmer silage pit or something, we'll, we'll go shoot those. So my kids, they love squirrel hunting, so we're going to be doing a lot of that. Um, I don't know. We... We do everything we can uh, and hunt everything we can in the fall. It's kind of our favorite time of the year. So, and I know that you know we talked last year, and you were telling me you know you 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 eat it all. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, actually my kids were just saying they can't wait for fall turkey season, which isn't too far off either, um, because we we ran out of turkeys after after the spring. Even though we I think we shot like eight or nine of them this spring, so. It was a, a really good spring, but they they look forward to that, and uh, and they're looking forward to some fresh deer, and they've already eaten some fresh bears, so it's yeah, we we absolutely love it, and got a good smoker, and uh, we got a camp chef smoke pro, and and we can make pretty much anything taste absolutely delicious on that thing, so we're uh, <laughs> we're always eating something on the grill. You know, you have to you have to make a a, a Matt Brewer cookbook, right? I've contributed to a few cookbooks, have you? but I, I don't, I don't have enough things. Uh, you know, I've got a few funky, cool wild game recipes that I can contribute to somebody, but uh, otherwise, the rest of the recipes would be uh, salt, pepper, throw on the smoker, and consume. Um, <laughs> we don't get overly fancy, but uh, but yeah, there's there's been some some funky concoctions here over the years uh, when we're getting when we're having a good year. We'll we'll throw a lot of different stuff into a lot of different dishes and it gets pretty fun stuff like uh grouse quesadillas or or uh we've done turkey leg alfredo uh, mm. you know kind of some crazy stuff and 
and mushroom picking is great right now too. So if you're out and you're able to harvest a grouse or, or two and some woodcock or something like that, then you see some wild edible mushrooms. You can add that to your dish. So it gets, it gets fun to, uh, to do this time of year and everyone's garden is coming to an end. So got a lot of that stuff to eat too. So. Yeah, you you've become Mister uh, Mister Outdoors, Mister like the the modern day Yule Gibbons. I mean, I see on like magazine articles and uh, videos and uh, features all the time uh, because of the the amazing number of things you either harvest or hunt. <laughs> I don't know if it's amazing numbers of, of things I harvest. It's amazing amounts of tries, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but this is always out then. I mean, I grew up with a dad who, if I wanted to spend time with him, I was going to be out hunting, and and we always ate what we what we shot, and uh, and it's just always been this way. So it's nothing out of the norm for me, but it's out of the norm for today's society, I think. But uh, which is unfortunate. So trying to do as much as we can to educate uh, up and coming hunters and get more women involved and and stuff like that. So it's it's. Uh, kind of a challenge trying to you know trying to get the new generation to to put the phone down and, and get out in the woods but uh but there's there's got to be some sort of balance and and i find it tough myself even sometimes but uh but the more you're outdoors uh, outdoors the happier you're going to be i found that that's a fact that is a fact um the what are your uh, fellow guides uh, at north country who are out on the water telling you about fishing right now they're telling me that I'm an idiot because fishing is so good right now that I should be on the water every day. Um, you know, and they're, they're hardcore. Um, that's all they want to do is fish. So, uh, but after like 61 trips this summer, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to just spend some time in the woods. But, um, October, usually, uh, I start to get to itch pretty hard after, you know, not guiding for, for a little while. And, and, uh, I'll, I'll definitely try to get out after muskies a couple times here and, and then the fall crappie bite always gets fun, so I'll try to get the family out doing that on a nice fall day. And and uh, I I know that they're doing very well, Jason. Uh, it's kind of the same as last time I talked to you. I think uh, Jason's been really hardcore walleye fishing, and and Justin's been hitting the crappies pretty hard. So it's it it's good. And everything I'm seeing from friends on Facebook, they're they're all posting pictures of all these fish, and kind of makes me want to go a little bit, but. Uh, <laughs> But it looks like uh, fall fishing is starting to get into full swing, and with these cool temps, it's only going to get better. Yeah, no doubt. Um, is it too late to book a hunting trip with you for this year? Uh, we are basically full. Yeah. Um, I, I've got I've got either trips or events that I have to show up at from uh, from basically uh, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. Uh, after Goose Fest, I, I have like no availability. So, and then right now I'm not taking any trips with uh, family travel and and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's kind of too late too late to get in on a hunting trip with us this year. But my guys are still running fishing trips. So if uh, anybody wants to get out fishing, they they definitely are more than happy to help someone make memory. So okay. How for for future reference? How uh, how soon in advance should we get booked for a uh, a hunting trip? Well, for bear hunting, we're actually booking out into like twenty twenty two right now. Oh wow! <laughs> so so we're we're booking way ahead. Uh, we do take some last minute stuff if uh, if someone happens to draw a tag in one of our zones and and we have uh, openings. We we definitely will take people on. But 
uh, for deer and ducks and, and geese and grouse and stuff like that, we, you know, we start booking them in the summer and usually by the time fall rolls around, we're, we're pretty much filled up. So, um, so if you want to do something next year, you definitely want to get a hold of me sometime in the summer. Best way to check out everything North Country Guides has to offer? Uh, NorthCountryGuides.com, and you can check us out on Facebook at North Country Guide Service and Promotions, but uh, our website will link you to all of our social media and, and give you our phone number and email addresses and stuff like that. So the website is the best. All right. One of our favorite people on the show with us today, Matt Brewer from North Country Guide Service. Matt, thanks for taking time today. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kev. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUN-FM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com.